This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show. Spoiler alert. What Did You Watch This Week is a candid discussion about recent movies and TV shows, and it may contain spoilers if you haven't watched them yet. Listen at your own risk. Welcome to episode number 57 of What Did You Watch This Weekend? My name is Mike. My name is John. And John, the burning question on everyone's mind, on their hearts and minds and souls, what they want to know the most is what did you watch this week? Boy, people are shallow. Yeah, that's I what know. they really want to know. I mean, there's well, strife in the, in the world of, and people what dying. We want people and, to know. <laughs> um, this it's was kind of what we want. This was mm-hmm. kind of a, a weak week. That's W E A K W E E K. Good pun. Good thank pun. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I, I caught up on a couple of movies, a couple of trailers. Um, I dabbled a bit here and there. I'll talk mm-hmm. about some of the stuff that I watched. Some of it doesn't really warrant going into. Um, yep, yep, yep. Let, let's start right off with, uh, I'll just say, Into the Badlands. I caught up on two episodes of that. Great show. I mean, nice. they had... The the first episode of the two was the conclave of the governors, the first time we've gotten to see all the governors together, and it was really great. It was an entire episode with no Sonny whatsoever, but there was still so much blood and so much killing and so much awesome violence, and and it's just – it's a great show. Really, if you're not watching this show, if you like Game of Thrones, if you like Crouching Tiger, if you like something that would be a mashup of the two of them, you got to be watching this show. It's – so worth it to watch. The first season's on Netflix. Do yourself a favor and check out Into the Badlands. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Per Nice. Now, Monday we had an episode of APB, the second to the last episode. Oh, really? Last Monday? Wait, hold on. So when you say Monday, because we're recording on Tuesday the 25th. Yes. Do you mean the 24th Monday? Uh, I mean the tw- – uh, no, the one before that. The okay, so last week. All right, yeah. I believe I watched that at that some That was the point. one where they were trapped in Gideon's safe house? Yes. Okay, yes. Yeah. I didn't realize we were already up to the second to the last episode on that. Yeah, yesterday was the finale. Oh, wow. 13 huh. episodes for a season. Hmm. It's what the new guys get. Yeah, well, British shows, you know. So what did you think about this episode where they uh Well so I mean uh, okay so it's it's Gideon and it's his uh, his, uh hacker girl right they were trapped in his safe house No I'm um, uh, not hacker girl um Murphy Yep It was the and uh they were they were directed there because of the the guy See I don't have my notes people <laughs> I lost them That's um, quite right that's all right. Hacker Girl's uh, ex-boyfriend or whatever, the one that, you know, the crazy guy who bugged her apartment and was trying to bring them down and everything. Yep. He launched um, a bunch of uh, misdirection for them. Yes. Uh, so that he could – Yes. So he could uh, engage on Gideon's home to get this technology that he had that essentially – I mean, it is – it is spyware galore, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, ultimately, that's what it was. He was trying to get Gideon's technology that he made that was more um, – I don't know the word I want to use. More invasive than anything more invasive that than, ever yes. been put on the market. Yes, more invasive than anything that uh, Homeland Security or the NSA or the FBI or the CIA has done yep. as far as how he could do a background search on someone. Because it collected and, everything. It collected oh, active data off your phone even when you weren't using it, your fitness exactly. trackers, yes. anything. Yeah, which is – that's really, really sketchy. You know, yep. that's, that's, that's quite sketchy. Oh, it and is. so ultimately that's what it was. So, um, as far as like he had a secret lair in this house that apparently is within the confines of the 13th district. Right? Right. I mean, it had to have been for his officers to respond there and then not call some other district. Exactly. In, right? Yes. They made sure that everything happened within their district so that they would yeah. all be busy. Exactly. And excuse me. So, I mean, I don't know as far as like what – the only thing the episode accomplishes is that Gideon is doing more than we think and, you know, um, he destroyed it. And this guy's really bad. So I don't – do you think it was a throwaway episode? Kind of. Um, Thank you. So yeah, I'm rambling, I, folks. No, I felt that a lot of the episode was, you know, there's always each episode seems to have that moment when Gideon gets to put his intelligence on display and go, wait, I've solved, you know, kind of like a house kind of thing. You know, I've solved yes. the mystery. This is how we can do it. This one felt like it was just one of those after another, after another, after another, you know, let's reprogram the little robot to go out and send a signal to the district and you know then we'll take these battery packs off the wall and we can rewire the lights so that they'll blink out code and it was over and over again it was just like it, it could have been panic room but it really wasn't it was kind of lame uh, it wasn't a terrible episode but it definitely was not something that i was excited about by the yes. end of it i was like nah this was kind of annoying more than anything you know it, they wanted it to be really scary you know i think i counted i was keeping tallies but i lost it i think i counted like seven or eight different times that they said ar-15 because they really yes. wanted us to know that the guys had ar they really wanted to drive it home that they had big guns yes holy god ar-15 those are ar-15s those guys have ar-15s there's three guys with ar-15s do you know what yeah. an ar-15 does it's like, holy God, guys, are you getting paid every time you say AR-15? Yeah, evidently. And, of course, the timing was just right, that the message got out. They noticed the message that something was wrong. You know, they got the officers to respond over there. They showed up just when they needed to show up. I mean, it was – everything was very convenient. Yes, yes. And yeah. – the show does have an awful lot based on that, but this yeah. time it felt like literally everything was, yeah. you know, you know, they got the little robot out the door and it was just sending the signal. And just as it was about to get through, the guy bashed it with his AR-15 and, you know, it didn't quite go through. Oh, shucks. But I already looked at my timer and saw that, you know, we're not even halfway through the episode. So, of course, he stopped the signal from getting through. And right. Yeah. Even the... um. The, but but the, a partial signal went through, so they yeah. were able to ascertain what was happening based on that. Yeah. Uh, even the uh, those false flag attacks, you know, the, the bomb threats and the guys running around with the fake masks and stuff like that kind of petered out. Like, 
the whole thing should have been big. It felt like a giant, you know, hacker collective well, kind of thing. And then it just kind of like fizzled. It goes back to like on um, Supergirl when uh, Monel's mom put a hit on Kara, but only two <laughs> people showed up. Yeah. Only like this. I mean, this this was you know basically a billion dollars you get for killing her, but only two hitmen actually tried to do it. Right, and and it's they that, did the classic, you know, we'll try it one at a time thing. Yes, yes, exactly. It was. It's almost like that type of scenario with those guys in the masks. Yep. It's like you know, okay, they they say all this stuff is happening, but we only see two. Yep. And then. The guys that do the raid on the house. Right. So ultimately, I mean, and the other thing too is like, now that I know that this is, there's only one more episode, that episode that we, the, the, the second to last episode didn't really leave you to going, oh, there's only one more episode. It's, it's like it wasn't even a build to what's going to happen in the final episode. Right. It, the closest we came was the fact that Ada has now come clean about who this guy is, yeah. what she did. Um, yeah. And they're all like, well, we got to help you. And, you know, we had our little touching moment, but. Oh, no, no. Murphy was like, you broke the law. You'd, yeah. You be, should be in jail. Yeah. And then Gideon was like, meh. <clears throat> yeah. Because Gideon protects his own. Right. But basically, coming into the final episode of the season, possibly the series, I don't know if it's been renewed or yet or not. Haven't seen. You're starting the first, you're starting that episode from scratch. Yep. You know, the, yeah, usually that's, that's, that's unusual. It is. Huh. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Um, I watched a couple episodes of Chicago Justice. Okay. And I'm just going to say it was okay. Um, it's like watching an episode of Law and Order. Some, you know what I mean? As far as like it's, it's a very, very formulaic show where X, Y, Z is going to happen, but Y is going to be a twist and it's going to be almost an insurmountable thing, but don't worry, Z is going to come back and they're going to overcome the odds and get the conviction. Gotcha. So that, you know, that, that, I mean, it's not a bad show, but it's not, oh my God. <laughs> You know, the first episode where they had all the nods to the Law and Order series, you know, and when they had uh, 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 Mr. Brooks in there, I can't think of his his first name right now. You know who I'm talking about, though? No. He was on G versus E. He played the bounty hunter on Firefly. Oh, 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 yeah, I know who you're talking about. I can't it's think not, of his name either. Yeah, but. I can't think of his name. But anyways, you know, when they had him in there as as his character he played in the original Law & Order series, I mean, that was a cool nod. When I found out that the lead character in this show is Ben Stone's son, that was a cool nod. But that that's kind of where it ended. Yeah. So it's definitely, you thought that it was going to be the next Law & Order, but it's not yeah. quite the next Law & Order. Yeah, it's not as good because it's still primarily order, not law. Gotcha. But anyhow, uh, and I watched uh, The Middle, and that show continues to chug along as a good show. Like, somehow, it's still going. It's probably going to be renewed for another season. The kids are – like, the oldest is getting out of college. You know, <laughs> Brick is almost – lasted through college. <laughs> exactly. Brick is almost out of high school. Sue's got, like, one or two more years of college left. So, I mean, the kids are aging right along. Good God. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, it's, it's, like, it's like eight seasons it's in now somehow. But Man. yeah, it's a decent little show. It's the little show that could and it keeps on going. So, I, you know, I, I enjoy it. It's a good, 
let's throw it on and I'll work on a blog while I'm watching it type of thing. Gotcha. But I can still pay attention to what's happening. And, and it, it has some good uh, good chuckles. And uh, they always try and wrap it up with some sort of family moral that they then completely obliterate with the closing seconds. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. Did you watch Superstore? I did. I, I laughed it. a lot. Yeah, I laughed a lot too. I, I thought it was a very good episode. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, um, is it Jonah? Yep. No. Okay, Jonah uh, is dating Glenn's daughter, and he wants to be all buddy buddy with Glenn because he wants Glenn to not just like him, but like over the top like him. So at ten thirty in the morning, him. they go to lunch together. Yeah. <laughs> After Glenn chokes down the black coffee that he doesn't like, and Jonah's like, you don't have to drink it if you want. And he goes, I just want it to be over. <laughs> and then they go to the Mexican restaurant, and he's like, I'll have a cheeseburger. Uh, we, it's just a Mexican restaurant. We don't – I'll have a Mexican cheeseburger. <laughs> um, we'll have two beef quesadillas. A beef quesadilla? Oh. And then he likes it. And he goes, do you have, like, the Mexican equivalent? No, do you want some dessert? Do you have the Mexican equivalent of, like, a churro? <laughs> I'll see what we can whip up, you know? <laughs> and then at the end when he asked if they took American money. Yes. <laughs> Holy God, that guy is so clueless. Uh, it was a great episode, actually. It was very funny. It was. Um, <clears throat> seeing Bo trying to wrap his head around the way that, you know, working in a retail establishment works. <laughs> I'm sure you've met people like that. Oh, God, yeah. You know, he's like, oh, I only need $5,000. I'll just work here for a week or two and get that saved up. And they're like, uh, they, when they ask uh, Margaret there, the old woman, they're like, how long yes. have you been working here? She's like, 60 years. <laughs> you ever seen $5,000? Ah, no. I like, uh, Bo's, boys, Bo's girlfriend there, like, when she catches him climbing in behind the paper towels. Like, I thought you, what are you doing? I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just, don't worry. I'm just hiding out so I can rob this place when it closed. That's exactly what I thought you were doing. Why? You can't do that. You'll get me fired. I mean, I don't know. And then when he quit. Yep. Double middle He told fingers. everybody off. Yeah. On the megaphone. That was great. Yeah. It's conversely, a funny conversely, Powerless sucked. Okay. So here's the thing about Powerless. I watched the episode. I actually enjoyed it. Really? I did. Okay. I did. They got trapped in the building. They got gas. The gas turned out to be truth serum. Yep. Uh, you know, Emily got gassed. And so it's Emily, right? Yeah. And so she basically told everyone how she felt. I thought that was actually quite funny. Yeah. They thought it was like anger gas because she was raging so much. But yeah, but it was truth gas. Yep. Um, and I, I liked how she told everybody off. That was I, good. I kind of enjoyed that part. But, um, again, this is a show. I don't know if it's going to make it. See, I didn't like it that much because I felt that right from the beginning it was um, it was set up to fail. You know, oh, we're going on the corporate retreat and, you know, she's insisting oh. that they stay behind for the old woman who hasn't shown up yet. And, you know, delaying them and they're all like, come on, we really want to go. And then they all get locked in and it's all her fault. And all she yeah. wants to do is karaoke. And she just keeps mentioning karaoke and they keep shooting her down. And, you know, that's how they brought her around in the See, end. That's how karaoke. they used the karaoke to bring her in out of the gas. Yep. 
because it'll kill your nerves if you stay there too long. And I've actually, you know, this is going to sound so, I forgot Vanessa Hudgens could sing. <laughs> that that's how she started off her career in Hollywood? Yeah, yeah, I kind of forgot that. So when she started singing that Kelly Clarkson song, <laughs> since she'd been gone and she hit that big part, I was like, that's really her singing. That's ri- Oh, that's right, you idiot. <laughs> I was like, wow, she's, she's actually really good at that. Look at that. Well, that's what she did. She should be able to sing. That's right. Um, but yeah, it was very obvious that what was going to happen, you know, and then of course that van was going to get stuck there because this helicopter couldn't fly in. Right. You know, someone was going to get sacrificed, one of the two uh, red shirts. Oh, speaking of red shirts, did you see that shirt online? It's a red T-shirt. It's got the little Star Trek logo on it. And it says "expendable" across the chest. I've seen that. Yes. Oh my god! First time I saw that, I laughed hysterically. Sorry, I got sidetracked. But anyways, <laughs> um, yeah, it it wasn't it wasn't the best. That's for sure. No, nope. um, wasn't the best. I, I will say, speaking of not the best, I watched the finale of Trial and Error. So all 13 episodes of that have aired. Oh my, in like what, six weeks? Yeah, they were doing like oh. double episodes per week. And what'd you think? Eh, I don't care if it comes back. They set it up to come back with a different case. You know, at the very yeah. end, he gets a phone call that there's another case that, you know, he could try down here. No, uh, okay. Uh, it was. It was good for a few laughs here and there, but yep. it was so ridiculously over the top that it just wasn't for me, ultimately. Well, I won't bother to watch it at all then. Yeah, I don't I don't think that you're missing anything, honestly. I think that you'd find it very uh, annoying. It was not yep. to the level of like a Naked Gun or an Angie Tribeca kind of thing, but it was yep. definitely one of those shows where, like I had said last week, I believe, um, you know, every week there's some major catastrophe and it looks like everything's going to suck. And then by the end, they solve it only to reveal a new catastrophe for the next week. It, yeah, it was very formulaic. I, I was not a big fan. So, well, I'm just going to stay straight away from it then. Excellent. So I, uh, to keep moving right along. Yep. I watched the, uh, season premiere of Fargo. As did I. Oh, you did. Excellent. Now, you and McGregor does a great job playing dual roles of Emmett and Ray Stussy. Mm-hmm. Two very um, different brothers. Oh, absolutely. Two very different, very different brothers. The one thing that was a little puzzling, and this is how I'm kind of chalking it up to, is the very beginning we had that scene in like, was it 1968 or 62 in Berlin, Germany? Yes. Or East Berlin, actually. East Berlin. Where, they're interviewing this guy, and basically, I mean, it's all in German, and basically long and short of it is this. You live at this house. It says that this guy lives at this house, and he mur- his girlfriend is dead. Why did you kill your girlfriend? And he's like, yes, I live there, but that's not me. Right. And, and basically, the interrogator, doesn't, the interrogator doesn't believe him. And then it's the simple fact that that, that guy's wife is also named Helga, and the girl that was murdered was named Helga. And essentially, before they, they cut to like the opening credits for Fargo, the interrogator essentially says, basically, you're telling a story and I'm telling facts. Yeah. I didn't understand why they had that on there unless it somehow ties in in one of the other nine episodes at some yeah. point. I figure it has to because otherwise, yeah, I saw absolutely no tie-in yeah. either. I mean, as far as – if you look at it as like a standalone – Little short story, short movie, short film, I mean. Um, 
it's very Coen Brothers or very Tarantino type of a scene with the two people talking. Yep. So it fits the motif of what Fargo's been about. Mm-hmm. The series, the dialogue, you know, the stories, everything from the movies to the three seasons now so far. Right. But it definitely seems very out of place. Yes. So I'm curious where that's going to go. Because not only was it a different country, it was a different yeah. time period. Oh, yeah. It, it was different people. You know, we don't yeah. see any names that seem to coincide. I mean, it, there was nothing that I could see that linked them together. No, it didn't. Because when we cut to – because then we cut to 2010 and essentially we see uh, Ray Stussy. Uh, 2010 Minnesota, and they do the whole opening, you know, based on a true story. Names have been changed. Yep. Protect the innocent, but the story has not to, you know, to respect the dead or whatever. Um, so, anyways, uh, Ray Stussy's a parole officer, and he wants to marry his girlfriend, who's also one of his parolees, Nikki Swago, played by the beautiful Mary Elizabeth Weinstead. Uh, Anyways, so he goes to see his brother Emmett to try and borrow the money off him. And Emmett's basically, no. Uh, and then they argue about their father's inheritance that they trade each other. You know, one got a Corvette and one got a stamp collection. And the guy that got the stamp collection traded, he's wanted his dad's Corvette, not knowing that the stamps were worth millions. Right. And his brother sold off the stamps and didn't give his brother any of the money or anything with it. And kind of throws it in his face with, well, how, how's the Corvette running? <laughs> you know, and it's basically, you know, it's a, it's a POS. Oh, it is. Yeah. Massively. Man. But, um, yeah. So, you know, Emmett, when it, when it, when it opens up, you expect Emmett to be like the good guy, Ray to be the, the bad guy, if you will. But it almost seems they're both, obviously they're both screwed up, but like yep. Ray is almost like you, you feel for him because, yeah, he traded the valuable stamp collection. He either didn't know what he had or whatever, but he traded it to his brother. His brother split in like, oh, shit, these are worth a lot of money. We should, you know, like, and do the right thing and split the money with his brother. Right. But he doesn't. So you kind of feel bad for Ray in that. Um, so essentially what Ray does is he, he asks this one of his parolees, this Maurice fella. What uh, a schlub that guy is. Oh, my oh, God. God. First of all, he's high constantly. Yeah. And he's an idiot. Like, not just high, not like funny high, not no, like, no, you know, no. stoner like, college guy, like barely able to open his eyes, barely able yeah. to form a complete sentence. Exactly. Like brain dead, die, brain yes. dead hot. Yeah. Um, basically he's, you know, he wants him to go steal, break into his brother's house and steal one of the stamps. Cause he wants to sell it to buy his parolee a ring. Right. His girlfriend. And, and he feels um, that he's justified because he feels that he yeah. should have had a cut of the stamps. Because he got cheated out of some money. Absolutely. So he gives the, the Maurice, like the note, like the name, the address and everything. And it's in the town of uh, Eden Prairie, I believe it is. Yeah, there was some confusion there. There, there was some there was some Eden names. Let's, let's leave it at that, I guess. Um, but Maurice loses the address. And he sees a sign that says, like, um, Eden Valley. Eden Valley. And so he heads to Eden Valley and goes to a gas station, gets the phone book after the guy refuses him to let him look at the phone book without buying something. Right. So that guy was kind of justified. <laughs> uh, finds a, you know, finds one Stussy in Eden Valley and goes to that guy's house. 
um, backtracking a little bit, the house of this guy, uh, whose name is Stussy, uh, his, his name's, uh, Ennis. And his stepdaughter is the police chief at Eden Valley, and her name's, uh, Gloria Burgle. And, uh, her and her son, you know, we see the son working at the store with, with his grandfather, who's an alcoholic. Of course. Step, yeah. And then we see them having dinner together that night. And the grandfather carves some, you know, like little model things or whatever. Um, and he forgot to, the, the son forgot to take it with him. And when they left. So in the meantime, while they're gone, Maury shows up at the house because his last name is Stussy. And he breaks in. And we don't see what happens, but we see Gloria and her son get back to the house. She finds the door open, goes in. She finds her stepfather dead, taped to a chair and beat up and assaulted. And, of course, we get to Maurice now, who's now back at uh, Ray's house. And he just walks in, not to Ray's place, but uh, Ray's girlfriend's place. And he just walks in, even though they're in the tub naked together, like – Playing on the phones. Because, again, blitzed out of his mind. Yep. And he sits down, and he's just like, basically, he's like, hey, um, that was harder than it was supposed to be. I got your stamps, and they're just regular postage stamps. Um, but I'm pretty sure I killed the guy. And they kind of get in a little tussle, and Maurice pulls a gun on Ray. And then, this is kind of one of my favorite parts in the episode, Nikki decides to stand up in the tub, naked, to distract <laughs> Maurice. And we get a nice posterior shot of Nikki. And this uh, be the reason it was your favorite part? No, no, no. The reason it's my favorite part is because they're both staring at her, and she says, "Hey, now will you pass me that towel to Maurice?" And he reaches for the little tiny hand towel <laughs> by the sink. Yep. That's why it's hilarious. And then Ray, his, you know, the boyfriend. He's just standing there staring at his girlfriend, and she's like, Ray, the gun. The gun. <laughs> like, I'm distracting him. I'm distracting him, Ray. You've seen this before. But I just love how Maurice is just fumbling to get that little tiny towel to throw to her. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so Ray fails to get the gun back. Maurice now wants five grand, and he heads out. And Nikki jumps out of the tub, throws on her rope, runs past her because – she basically is like, oh, you, you paid this guy to go rob your brother to buy me a ring? Oh, you're so romantic. Not, you're an idiot. You're romantic. Right. And now we're going to get in trouble. Too. Exactly. We got to stop this guy. So she goes and essentially they, they, they drop a, uh, air conditioner on the guy. And one of the least realistic, you know, heist type things I've ever seen. You know, she's like <laughs> counting out loud how long it's going to take him to get out to the street. Right. And meanwhile, we're getting cuts of him like staggering down the stairs and stopping to try to light his cigarette and taking a breath. And, you know, she's managing to keep up pretty well with exactly where he's going to be without being able to see him and, and knows yeah. approximately when he's coming out onto the street. Right, but at the end, the the whole elaborate for all, she's like, do you see him? And he looks, nope. Oh, he's there now. So, I mean, like, the whole counting thing was for naught. Right. All he had to do was look out for him. And then, <laughs> of course, you know, he kicks the fire, the, 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 the um, air conditioner out, and it rotates down. And the camera shot's kind of neat. You get the camera point of view of the air conditioner as it's flipping. Yep. 
down to the the pavement, and it just whammo flattens him. Yep, uh, like really squishes him, like very violently. She basically tells Ray, get out of the apartment. I've been talking to my uh, landlord about getting this out of the window for a while. I'm going to say that it fell, you know, that it was broken. It's on, it's on record that I've asked him to remove it, that it was rickety. Yep. And she's like, yeah, I, you got to get out of here. You're, you're his parole, you know, you're his, you know, parole officer. You can't be here. And then he turns like, okay, but what about you? She goes, it's okay. I rented the place under a fake name. I got a fake ID. And then he stops and goes, Oh, honey, that's a violation of your parole. Yeah, yeah. Then he suddenly decides to do his job. <laughs> Never mind everything else that he did. Honey, it's a violation of your parole. <laughs> now, let's not forget that meanwhile, the other brother there yes. is having his own problems because it, you get the sense that he's an illegitimate businessman. Like he may have some shady dealings going on him and that lawyer that's always with him that has a really weird haircut for a lawyer. Um, but basically they started off that they were trying to pay back a loan of a million dollars. They're like, yep, "Yep, we borrowed this from you last year and we're ready to pay it off with interest. Here you go. And this guy's like, I'm out of here. And he leaves. Yeah. And then another guy shows up. One of the creepiest guys I've seen in a while. Yep. And basically tells them that it was not a loan, it was an investment. And yep. that the people that he represents, that they took that money from, um, never would have loaned them money. They just would have invested in them because they saw something here that they liked. So they're gonna, they're gonna do some stuff, you know, like park some money or some product or, you know, they're going to let them Wonder know. money. Yeah. Essentially, they're going to be using this legitimate, and that's air quotes, business yep. for some money laundering. So he's and then the only problems. other, right? Yeah, and then the only other, sorry, little part of the issue, the little part of the episode is when Gloria has cleared the house. She's called the, you know, they've contacted the police to respond. The rest of the force or whatever, and, and everything. She goes and pulls up like a false floor and pulls out like a safe box to see if the guy had gotten it. And when she opens it up, there's like two books in it. Yeah. And they're not even old books. They look like newer books, and they're like paperback books. And then, like, one of the things that he's been carving is something that's on the book. So I don't know how that plays into it all. Yeah, she seemed, like, really shocked and, like, really... Really positive, really shocked. Yeah, yeah. So ultimately, though, I will say this. It was a really good episode. Great story. Great dialogue. Um, I really liked it. I'm, I'm not as sold as you are. I, I thought that there were some good parts to it. Um, see, I stopped watching the second season of Fargo halfway through. I loved the first season of Fargo, Billy yes. Bob Thornton, Martin Freeman. I loved it. It was great. First season's definitely better than the second season. Yeah. The second season I got about halfway through and I just, I couldn't deal with it anymore. It was more of a chore for me to watch than anything. Yeah. Um, I didn't like the way that the stories were going. It seemed like it was taking forever to build the things. Uh, this one definitely, you know, it jumps right into the story. It jumps mm-hmm. right in there and they, they're throwing a lot at you. They've got a lot going on with the different things. And, you know, we don't spend a lot of time establishing characters. They're just there. So I can yeah, definitely get really behind that. Yeah, they a really quick job doing some background stories. Yeah. Yep. I could definitely yep. get behind that, but 
I don't know. I'm I'm going to give it a few more episodes and see, but I'm I'm not as sold as you are yet. Oh. See, I really I love the first season. The second season is okay, and you're right. There is a chunk in the middle where it's super slow going, but then all of a sudden it does pick up near the end. Everything starts to come together. Everything starts to fold together, and it does finish. It does finish good. It does finish well. I remember you saying um, that. Yeah, but on rewatching, I've rewatched the first season. The second season's on Hulu now, so I can rewatch the second season. They pulled the first season off and they put the second season up, by the way. Jackasses. I almost feel like I'm going to have to buy the show. Like, I'm going to have to buy that first season again. I really liked it that much. It's something I'll want to watch again in the future. So. You going to wait till Black Friday? Um, I mean, probably. I'm not in a rush to buy it. I don't know if it'll be any cheaper on Black Friday for the first season because it aired three years ago now. Gotcha. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, wow, look at that. That's true. The first season, I'm looking at this now, aired April 15th, 2014 to June 2014. Second season aired October 2015 to December 2015. And now the third season, April 2017, and it's showing till June 2017. So, I mean, about a year and a half. Huh? 2016 was pretty much devoid of Fargo. Well, it's about a year and a half between each season, roughly. Yep. The start of each season is like 18 months after the start of the previous season. So. Yep. Um, but anyways, um, yeah, uh, I don't, I watched another new show. Okay. If you will. Um, it's on Netflix. It's a, uh, BBC TV series. It's actually a, it's a Scotland. Sorry. It's a Scotland, Scottish TV show. It's called Jack Taylor. Okay. Um, much like Sherlock, each episode is an hour and a half movie, and there's three episodes a season, and they've done three seasons. I've watched the first two episodes, um, and essentially he is a somewhat disgraced former national police officer. They call him the guard okay. there, um, and – or yeah, and – he basically he comes back to his town like he leaves home his hometown after his disgracement for a period of time and then he comes back and they kind of summarize that at the beginning in of the first episode and now he's back in town and essentially he's still beloved by all the townsfolks and over the regular police the regular guard they trust him more than the regular guard and they kind of go to him for things and of course that rubs the guard the wrong way rubs the local police the wrong way and essentially he's a private eye now so he becomes a private investigator and he's investigating crimes in the hometown sometimes with conjunction with some of the police and then against the better wishes of some of the other police officers um first two episodes are decent um you know, he uh he gets his ass kicked a lot. Like he can hold his own for a couple of minutes and then pretty much takes a beat down. I mean, <laughs> in the first two episodes alone, he's been to the hospital probably a half dozen times. My god. So, he was former guard though? Well, it's, he's the guard is just the police, local police. I mean, that doesn't mean he knows how to fight. Um, and you know, in real life, the guy's 55, and I feel like his character is probably in the same range, and is you know, high, upper 40s, early 50s type of thing. Um, but yeah, he just gets, and he's an alcoholic, okay, at times. But he just, he just gets beat up a lot, <laughs> a lot, a lot, a lot. And uh, he's, but he is a decent investigator. He is a decent private investigator. Yeah. Um. I don't know. It's it's a background show right now. It's like something I have on while I'm at work or working on 
my blog or something else like that. But it's 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 pretty solid. I mean, I can't give it rave reviews, but obviously, if I've watched two episodes, I'm gonna keep watching them. Yeah. Uh, the lead character is uh, I don't know. I'm gonna ruin his first name. Ian Glenn or Ian Glenn or Ian Glenn. I don't know. Um, that could be an L instead of a capital I. And the name should be Lane Glenn for all I know. It doesn't matter. Uh, he played on – he's more famously known as being on Game of Thrones and he is the uh, the very devoted uh, knight to Khaleesi. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jorah? Yeah, yeah, him. Yes, that's that's who's – and that's why I watch the show because I like his character on Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's Jorah and that's that's who's playing uh, Jack Taylor on this show. Okay. And again, okay. it's it's solid. But, nice. Yeah. I uh I watched all three of the episodes that are out so far of uh, Prison Break. Since it's come how, back. how is it? You know, I gotta say, <clears throat> pardon me. Uh, first season of Prison Break, I loved. Um, I thought that it was great. Because, I love the first season as well. Yeah, because it was so intricate. Like he had a yep. plan for everything. He had contingencies for this, contingencies for that. It started to fall off very quickly once they got yep. out because there was no longer that level of planning. Like he could adapt to things and I'm saying he is in Michael Schofield. He could adapt to things and he could come up with, you know, solutions, but the the greatness of the first season of Prison Break was how he had, you know, considered every option. He was a mastermind. And that's what I liked about him. Um, not so much in two, three, and four. They got really out of hand, really crazy. Um, this season, the fifth. Well, real, real quick, I'm sorry. For me, it was once they got out of prison, all those tattoos went absolutely nothing. Yes. And yep. it's like. That that was the like the whole thing, the whole marketing campaign. The big thing of the first season is his body was covered in head to toe of tattoos, which was elaborate tattoos, which was the plan of the prison. And now he's got all these tattoos that they have to keep reapplying for every episode. Yeah, he doesn't have a shirt on, or he's short sleeved, or whatever. Yep, and they're essentially useless, completely useless. Sorry, okay, kind of like uh, what was it, Blind Spot? Uh, I don't. I gave up. <laughs> Um, I gave up because her tattoos were <laughs> crimes that were going to happen, apparently, that they would coincidentally discover the meaning of the tattoo just as the crime was going down. Yes, because, yeah. you know, that's realistic. Um, but so in this fifth season, uh, Michael is alive because that was the thing. Uh, another reason that I hated the show as it went on was because by the end of season four, they killed him. You know, he had always had this thing in his head. His mother had had it. Um, it was like an inoperable brain thing that it was like a ticking time bomb. They basically said that at any point he could just die. And, you know, the, the fourth season, spoiler alert for those of you ha- who, you know, haven't seen it from way back in the day, you know, it ended with a gravestone and they said <sighs> that he had died and it was shitty, you know? Oh, man. <laughs> um, but now the big twist is that, you know, we come to season five and wait a minute, there's proof he might be alive. And so far, time has moved on. You know, his, uh, his girlfriend slash, I don't know if they ever got married or not. Um, she has taken a new husband, uh, has moved on with her life. You know, Lincoln's moved on with his life. Everybody's kind of moved on. And then they're all getting drawn back in because once again, we have the mastermind at work. 
And I'm not going to give anything away, but I will say that a lot of it is really good. They throw you right in the middle of it. It is not like uh, the first season where, you know, he's robbing a bank and being sent to prison and stuff like that. This is right in the middle of things. Um, you could see that he's already been planning this for a while, that there's been, you know, this, this, this. He's got plans upon plans, different contingencies. It also takes a much more modern take on things because they're over in Yemen. Uh, it's in the middle of a uh, rebel uprising. Um, ISIS is involved. They use the word ISIS a lot because uh, ISIS is trying to overtake the city that they're in. There's bombings. There's shellings constantly. Uh, it's very intense because it's not just a regular prison where the guards are like dicks. This is like uh, – the, the city's going to be overrun in like the next 48 hours and the rebels are going to take over. They're going to destroy the prison and kill everybody in it type of thing. Um, it's really good. It's been really keeping my interest. I've been really excited to see, you know, how this next part of the plan is going to work, how this next part, much like the first season, there's some unbelievable stuff in there. You know, he's passing a message at one point using a paper airplane out the prison window that, you know, we've all made paper airplanes in our lives. There is no way that he could get this kind of distance on a paper airplane. I don't care how good he folds it. But yet he can make it past the prison walls and out into a, into a yard where small boys are playing so that they can pass his message along. That's a little unrealistic. But it's the same kind of stuff where, you know, messages are encoded in different ways and, you know, you have to look for this, look for the red dot here and stuff like that. So I'm really appreciating that aspect of it. Um I'm excited to see what's going to happen next because, you know, I've watched three episodes and they really left it on a cliffhanger already. So How many episodes in this season? I want to say 10, but it might be 13. Is I, it weird having them talk not like Captain Cold and Stark? <laughs> I mean, and uh, Rory? It, kind of, but I will be honest. Like, um, the accent that he uses for... Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Captain Cold. You know, it's not even an accent. It's more like a, uh, dialect, I guess. Yeah, there cadence you go. Of cadence. His voice, That's yeah. a good one. Um, it, it's, I do kind of miss it there, but at the same really? time, really? But at the same time, he's the same kind of character. Oh, it looks like there are nine episodes. Um, yeah. Yeah, I knew there was a really odd number. He's the same kind of character, you know, the same cold, calculating, um, you know, friends close, enemies closer kind of person. You could yeah. see, especially when you watch this, you can go, yep, now I remember why they cast him as Captain Cold, because Wentworth Miller can really pull that off. Nice. Yeah. Uh, I do recommend it though. If you liked the first season I of, did. of, uh, the show, then I definitely recommend this one. Um, there is the same kind of, you know, government conspiracy thing. There's people trying to kill other people. You're not quite sure, but, um, ultimately it's a thrill ride. It's a lot of fun and I think you'd like it. Speaking of, uh, speaking of returning shows yeah. to jump news real quick, we're getting 10 more episodes of the X-Files. <laughs> yes, we are. I'm very excited about that. Very excited about that. And um, it's, you know, the, uh, David Duchovny, Jillian Anderson, uh, Mitch Pileggi, William B. Davis. Um, ten more episodes of The X-Files. And they better not end it on another goddamn 
cliffhanger like they did this last time. If like, they want to leave it on a dick move cliffhanger and give us a season 12, then so be it. But if they're going to end it and not do any more, then absolutely not. Well, that was there was two problems with the cliffhanger that they left us on. One, like you said, it was a dick move cliffhanger. This was oh, not just a massive. cliffhanger. This yeah. was this made Smallville's cliffhangers look tame. No, this was, hey, look, it's a giant friggin' spaceship and everyone can see it. And someone's about to die and we don't yeah. know if they're going to. And that was it. Yeah. It was just done. Yeah, it was a mid-sentence stopper. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and then the second part was that they didn't know if right. they were coming back. Yep. So they left us on this cliffhanger shrugging their shoulders saying, meh, maybe we'll tell you what else is happening. Who knows? But uh, if you want to get your X-Files fixed with some new X-Files canon, official canon, uh, this July with Audible, uh, the cast, you know, uh, Gillian Anderson, David Duchovny, Mitch Pileggi, William B. Davis, whatever, and others, they're all reprising their roles for basically like – it's on Audible, but it's not like – they're not reading a book. It's a graphic novel that bridges – the end of the second movie and the beginning of the new series, the season 10, um, there is a season 10 comic book that has nothing to do with it now that's no longer canon, even though Chris Carter has his hands in it. Um, and he officially approved it and everything. It's now not part of the, the official canon because they did the, the season 10 episodes. But this graphic novel bridges the gap between the two, and it's done in like a old-time radio show. Oh, Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not it's them playing their characters, but they're you know they're they're it's done in like an old time radio show. Huh. And that's that comes out this July. So it looks like I'll be signing up for a free month of audio and downloading my free book. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Just had to get that news in before I forgot it because I'm very excited about that. I can imagine. Yeah. So did you watch? Uh, did you watch Shield? Agents of Shield? Oh boy, did I watch Shield? What'd you think? I thought this was a phenomenal episode. I did too. I mean, it had this was one of those episodes where you you find yourself pausing to look at the timer and go, "Oh my god, there's still time left. They've done yeah. so much." Well, for me, sometimes I'm like, I, uh, I don't want to know because if it's almost over, then yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, it was a lot this episode. A lot this episode, lot and a lot of good. I mean, yeah, yep. Not good as in like good people, because there were some pretty crappy people in here. But yep. it, it, the greatest thing about this is that we have to keep reminding ourselves this is a fake world. You know, right? Which Gemma's very keen on saying, but yep. you know how it's affecting the people that are in in there. Yeah, not only that, but it's affecting the people who are, you know unwillingly in there as we saw in the end with mates. Well, I mean, when I say it's affecting the people that are in there, but it's like, um, like Ward. Yes. Who's not in the framework against his own will. He is actually a product of the framework and yet he is the voice of reason somehow. Yeah. Yeah. The voice of Um, reason, the voice of apology, you know, he's like, I really wish that I hadn't done whatever it was that made you so mad and, but essentially, Fitz is just—he is gone. Like he has drunk his, the Kool Aid. That version of him in the framework is gone. I mean, he is a vicious person. He's a cold-blooded killer. Yeah. But he's almost like he's—it's like he's. 
It's like he's battling to stay in the dark side, even though the light keeps shining on him. Well, he had that really good line in there when yeah. they when he was talking about how like one sentence can change your entire life. Yes, you know he's like we're pregnant. Um, yeah, things like that. You know, right? I, I love my you. Job. I hate you. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and we find out inadvertently. I mean, they don't come right out and say it, but you can pretty much guess because everybody who's in here, Ada fixed one regret that they had. And that's yes. what the basis of this is. His one regret seems to be based around never getting to spend time with his father. Yep. You know, never having his dad proud of him. So, you know, in the real world, it made him the way that he is now. In this world, his dad approves of him and you know, is right there with him, and it turned him into this cold, calculating yes. monster, the doctor. Yep. Whoops. No, I'm not on mute. Yeah, no, this is – but that's the same with everybody. I mean, May saved that girl instead of killing that girl, and then now that girl went nuclear basically and killed all those people, yep. which, you know, made her the way she is now. And in this episode, basically the shield, as it is – Launches a campaign to try to rescue um, Sky. Yep. And the doctor. Not yep. Fitz the doctor, but the other doctor. The one that made the framework. I can't yes. think of his name now. I can think of his Ratcliffe, but I don't think that's it. No, that is. Yep. Oh, okay, cool. It is Ratcliffe. All right. So, uh, brain's functioning, sort of. Um, <laughs> and they, they go in there and May essentially. Uh, takes a super soldier serum, the yes. one that Mace used, like in the real world, the one that doesn't last for very long, but long enough. Right. And she gets in a hand-to-hand fight with Mace, who makes the comment of like, oh, someone's been drinking the juice or this, you know what I mean? Like he seems to know that she's taken it. Yep. Um, but he is supposed to be a an actual inhuman not using serum, correct? Right. Yep. Okay. So they battle and Mace wins and runs off. And then they goes into the the building, and Fitz orders them to demolish the building and bring me the body. Yeah, like very cold. His, his dad, yeah. you know, kind of prompts him to it, and he's like, you know, well, yeah. who needs them? And he's like, you're right. Let's kill yeah. them all. And it's the building where they've brought all the kids. And Coulson's there because you know these are, and basically they're brainwashing them a la Clockwork Orange. Right. Uh, holding their eyes open, playing a brainwashing video re- on repeat, essentially. And May orders them to strike the building. And then they do. And then she goes in after them because they're like, oh, sure. no one else will go in. Huh? To make sure. Yeah, because no one else will go in because the integrity of the building is suspect, but she's not letting them get away. And then when she gets in there, you know, she sees that there's still kids in the building. Yep. Why is there people in this building? Why did he order me to, you know, blow up this building when all these innocent people are in here? And then Colson does a classic, like, speech to her, including <laughs> snap out of it, May. Yep. And when he says that, it's like she does. Yes. Yeah. And uh, essentially, May sacrifices himself to save one of the kids. Yep. And the building collapses on him. And then in the real world... He flatlines. Yep. Now, here's my argument. It was said that if you die in the framework, you die in the real world, and that's the one thing that Gemma knows and and Daisy or Sky, whatever you want to call it. It's one thing they both know, so that's why they don't want anything bad to happen to to Fitz and Colson and Mac and everyone else that's trapped in there. They're friends. Right. Bay and everybody. But all we've seen so far 
is Agnes and Ratcliffe were both killed or were both put in the framework and then killed in the real world. So their minds were trapped in the framework. Right. And at the end, we do see that Mace is hooked up to the thing and that he flatlined. But when she pushes the button, it cuts off. So we don't see that when she pushes the button to shut the sound off or whatever, if that removes him from the framework, his mind from the machine, if he suddenly, if he comes alive again. Right. Or if he wakes up because he's no longer in the framework. So his body's like, well, I'm not dead yet. Right. You know, which is um, interesting to, to speculate on as well. Or if she's able to resuscitate him or something, because again, she's unplugged him from the framework. So if his mind yo-yos back into him. Right. So I don't know. Just yeah, something, because something to ponder. You don't know if her ultimate goal is to kill them all off. She could very easily. Right. And what good is he going to do to her dead? You know, now she's got a dead body to deal with. So now the Ada that we saw. In the real world. Yes. You think it's the same? I mean, I realize, do you think it's the same Ada that's in the framework? Yes. Or do you think this is a second Ada? I think that they are connected through, through a okay. quantum bridge or something. Fair I enough. believe that their brains are definitely connected. Because ultimately, Ada's trying to bring the framework into the real world. Yes. Which I'm assuming would be through keeping the peop- the minds of the people in the framework and put them into the bodies of their counterparts. Quite possibly. Um, they do say, you know, perception is based on reality or reality is based on perception. So yeah. if you could get enough of these people perceiving the world as this way, yeah. you could theoretically alter reality around that. Which if that's what they're trying to do, even if they thwart them, they could always use that technology to build the perfect ward LMD and put the framework ward's mind in an LMD ward and bring him over to the real world and bring him back next season. Which would be great. Don't forget too that this yeah. episode we reintroduced Trip after all these years. Yes! I know I was going to get there, but Holy I figured one of us would. God! I mean, that I was, was so excited to see him. Yeah, like it was great when we saw Ward and we're like, oh, cool, you know, they, they found yeah. a, another place for the actor and they're going to give yep. him a chance to be a good guy again. But then Trip, it's like, holy crap, they did not have to do that, but they went there and good on them. It you was, know, the yeah. fact they got the same actor to come back. Yep. I, I was quite impressed with that. I was very excited to see Trip back. So I like Trip, but yeah. I'm hoping he has a bigger role in this week's episode. Yes. Yes. I, I'm assuming I know he, he was will be. Last week, he's the one that had the plans in his boots or in his shoe or whatever it was. We don't know what those are yet. From the little spy camera that his uh, howling commando yes, grandfather howling commando. had. Yeah, uh, yep. Yep. I like how they tied that in still. It, it was, that was, that was cool. That was cool. It would be neat if they did bring some of these, you know, I'd love to see both Ward and Trip come back in LMD bodies. Yep. You know, that would be great. And then have the whole dynamic of, you know, because again, it's tied into the cinematic universe. So we've got the whole Sokovia Accords. We've got the whole, you know, yep. uh, artificial intelligence crap that they didn't like. So it would really create an interesting dynamic. If S.H.I.E.L.D. is, well, we kind of trust you, but also now we find out that you've got essentially androids that are indistinguishable from humans working on your team. We don't know yep. if their programming is going to go rogue. We don't know if they're just going to go crazy, if they have something else hiding in the programming. Yeah. They could be dangerous. Well, they're not dangerous. They're our friends. Yeah, but look at what happened to the real ward. He turned on exactly. you. And it, it could really open up for a lot of uh, dynamism Definitely. in the coming seasons. And then the show at the end of the episode, the little PS at the end they do, that little bumper. 
uh, mm-hmm. has May go into the room where the tortured Daisy is. And she says, so you're an inhuman, huh? Are you powerful? And she's like, powerful enough to bring this whole place down. That's what I'm hoping for. And then she drops the Terrigen Crystal on the ground. Which was a little odd yeah. because, you know, that's how Trip died the first time, was being exposed to Terrigen Mist while the but others it, were. It seems like they've improved it. Yeah, they definitely had a controlled substance there with that. Yeah, so. it's definitely an altered one. But yeah. Tell you me you didn't fanboy out a little bit when you saw the mist surrounding Daisy. And of course I like, did. Oh and my then, god, she's going to be quick she again. basically, yeah, she, she went all rock form. Yep. But I wonder, is her power going to be the same? Is she going to be Quake still? Right. Because they're in a computer, like, they're in a computer. Right. You know, they could just a keystroke could change what her powers are. if she ever got terrigen, I mean, true. it's very true. Yeah. So, unless you know, of course, they're able to make those LMDs exactly to uh, point pinpoint precision, body mm-hmm. for body, mole for mole. So, right. Maybe that's what they do in the, the in the framework world. We'll have to tune in this week and see. Yeah, we will. Um. Yeah. So. I watched one episode, the first episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000 on Netflix. Okay, so you watched – I watched the opening. I hadn't watched the whole episode. I watched the first like maybe 20 minutes of the movie once they got to doing the riff track part of it. Yep. What did you think? Um, I agree with what you said last week. This is definitely – it is not um, – <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. It is definitely not something that they give you a lot of setup if you were just flicking through Netflix and they said, you know, oh, recommended for you, you might like this, you'd probably start watching this and go, what the hell am I watching? This is stupid. Yeah. There's know, no introduction. No. Yeah. And it's a lot of stop motion in the beginning and it's really weird and it, it doesn't tell you what's going on. It's definitely for people who are fans of the original. Um, that being said, I was a fan of the original. Yeah. Um, I watched the whole first episode and it was good, but it is definitely not a binge-worthy show. I could say that for myself. No, I I agree. I agree. That, <laughs> like that's uh that's an in moderation show. Yes, like one episode at a time because you're essentially watching a whole movie. You're watching a whole really shitty movie. And and that's the thing, the movie's shitty, that's why it's on the show. I mean, it's this is not shitty as in like, boy, this was a bomb on Netflix. This is shitty as in like this first one was from Sweden, I believe. Yeah, reptilian kiss or something. Yes, yeah. it was horrible. Yeah, it's yeah, painful to watch. This is the type of thing that if it wasn't for people sitting there ripping on it, then you would never sit down and watch this. You wouldn't even breeze by it in the video store. But yeah, you, you sit there and you watch it and you listen to the rip on it. These poor guys. I was talking to my sister about it and she said that she was looking at an interview. Apparently, for each episode, you know, for each movie, they have to watch it like five to six times. Oh, that's horrendous. Because like the first time they watch it, they've never seen it. So they're just like, okay, let's see what it is. Then yeah. the second time they start to like formulate some of their jokes. And then, you know, it takes multiple times after that for them to say, well, what if we did this? What if we did this? So that we get the impression that they're just like riffing on it when actually everything has been measured out very carefully. Yeah. So they work very hard to make it look like it's completely off the cuff. Exactly. Um, which good for them, but I can't imagine watching these movies five or six times. That's just horrible. Oh God, no, that's horrendous. 
But yeah, definitely, if you enjoyed Mystery Science Theater 3000 back in the day, you will enjoy yep. this. Just realize that it is not going to be a binge-worthy thing. It's it's a, oh, I'll watch one of these here and there. Yeah, absolutely. Did you watch Class, Episode 2? Sure did. Uh, long and the short of it, uh, the team reluctantly gets together to fight a... The soccer coach uh, somehow was in the way of a dragon that came through a rift, and she became infused with his body, all of a form of a tattoo. Yep. And he is is forced to feed her, and her mate uh, kills and skins people so she can be fed. Yeah. And it takes place at the school, of course. And again, the the team that we they introduced us to in the first episode uh, reluctantly worked together to stop him in. To stop the the bad guy, which in this case was the coach, and in, uh, in this episode, dude, reluctantly is underselling it. Like Ram hates these guys. He hates himself yep. right now because he. This can't is the guy the that lost the leg. Player. Yes, he lost his leg and his girlfriend. He's got a, and he's got a fake leg, and his girlfriend was murdered in front of him. He's got some PTSDs going on, <laughs> kind of understandably. Yep, but, but yeah. um, yeah, he he doesn't want anything to do with these guys. He's like, we're not friends. Get the hell away from yep. me. Stop talking to me. Um, <clears throat> I, I got to say, it was not a bad episode, but it definitely has a completely different feel. Like, if you didn't tell me that this was tied into Doctor Who, if oh, I hadn't never, seen the first episode, you'd never yeah. know. Like, everything you know. is so ridiculously British. Uh, very British, very drama-y, uh, naked butt. Multiple times from the coach, which was not enjoyable. Some like, people probably appreciated it. I was not like one of Fargo them. did. Yeah. Fargo yep. was. <laughs> Anyways, but no, it's definitely – if you didn't know it was Doctor Who, you wouldn't know it was Doctor Who. Yeah. Doctor um, Who related, yeah. Miss Quill is quickly becoming my favorite character on the show. Same here. Same here. Yep. Um, she's definitely the most uh, – believable of all of them you know they're all yep. trying to be like oh we could do this the power of friendship and she's just like kill it sacrifice yourself you know we need to survive i yep. i love how she uh took apart the guy who was uh what was it auditing her basically yes the robot for some reason yeah. it was a robot that was auditing her and that was a really weird thing that they kind of like i don't know if they're going to come back to that later because even she was like does nobody care about the robot and they just like walked away yeah, but I loved when he's just sitting there like making notes and stuff and she's up at the front of the room staring at him and yeah. it just goes off on him. That like, is that was quite cool. charges right to the back of the room and goes off and just screams and hollers at him. And they're like, oh, he wants to observe you more. <laughs> she thought she was going to get fired. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you're right. If I didn't know Doctor Who was involved, then I wouldn't know if I just happened to come across this show. And I honestly might not continue giving it a chance after, you know, based on episode two. But I will because I know it's only eight episodes. Yep, yep. But uh, so far, I have to agree with the reviews I've read about it. That it's uh, pale in comparison? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's just not very good. Yeah. Yeah, and it's – I mean I'm not saying I've seen every Doctor Who spinoff, but it's definitely not – Torchwood. The best Doctor Who spinoff. It's not Torchwood, you know. <laughs> so, it, I mean, Torchwood got to start off with Jack Harkness, who had an established history on Doctor Who. You Very know? true. Yep. 
and oh. actually Torchwood was founded on Doctor Who. So, yes, it was. You know, this one you could say, oh, well, Cool Hill Academy. I get that. But that was right. in the 60s. But that's why we were excited about it, because it was Cool Hill Academy. Yep. Or it is. Yep. So, and it's in the Doctor Who universe, which, you know, that Doctor Who theme gets me jacked up. <laughs> when that, dun, 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 I'm just like, yeah! Yep, every version of it. Yep, every version of it. I love it. Absolutely love it. Um, Doctor Who. Yes. I enjoyed it. Yes. Uh, we got a lot more, uh, I don't know if you call it backstory, but we got a lot more hints this time. You know, we yeah. heard that Nardole was actually scolding him. You know, didn't he call him like his wife or his mother or something like that when he was pounding yes. the door to the TARDIS? He's like, you know, mother's yes. here. Exactly. Yeah. He um, was like, you you swore an oath that you wouldn't travel or something like you that. You wouldn't leave the planet and yep. that you would protect the vault. Yep. And But we know, don't know why. Right. We still don't know why. Although uh, Bill, Bill's doing a good job of questioning things that, you know, yes. like the viewers would question. Yeah. She's not, uh, she's not like Rose where she's immediately like starry eyed. No, oh my God, this is great. She's actually questioning things like, you know, two hearts. Why do you have two hearts? He's like, why do you have one? Yeah. Um, but yeah, she questions him and he's like, no, we're not talking about that. He, he basically like, he kind of does it in a roundabout way, you know, saying that he made an oath. But he has a time machine, so he can be back 10 seconds after he left, so it doesn't exactly. matter. Well, in theory. Yeah, because that never <laughs> works. Every time he's ever told a companion that, it doesn't work. Yeah. Just like in this episode when he says at the end of it, oh, we're back exactly at the point when we left. And they open the door, and it's snowing, and then there's an <laughs> elephant walking across the River Thames. Yeah, they're actually standing on the frozen River Thames. Thames, yeah. <laughs> and there's the elephant, and he's like, yeah. oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they go to a – they go to the future, and essentially they go to a place where – I guess there's robots that function on emojis. Yeah, it's the, the human race lost Earth for whatever reason. This is one of their outposts. This yeah. is one of the first colonization attempts that yeah. they've been successful at. And essentially these robots are there to serve man and use themselves to build them where they're going to live. But then when someone dies naturally, the robots don't know how to handle their grief because right. they're programmed to make sure people are always happy. Yes. Even assigning them, I guess, buttons per se that yep. are like smiley face buttons, but they can't see what it says and only anyone, someone else can. And um, if they become – essentially, the robots have uh, advanced themselves so that when someone is sad, they deem that as almost like it's a virus or you know, like a death knoll for them. Yes. Like the only cure is to kill them. And then that's what they do. And so all the all the the shepherds, if you will, I believe that's what they referred to them as, that were there to build the colony before all the colonists who were there on planet in the ship were woken up from their cryogenic sleep uh, are killed by yeah. the robots. Yep. And uh, the doctor and, and, and Bill show up and, you know, slowly discover what happened, what was going on, figure out a way to try and stop it and uh, – have everyone live uh, happily ever after. Uh, kind as well of. As I can. So this is where last season of Doctor Who, they really went out of their way to make sure that most episodes were two-parters. Yes. Um, 
And it was the first time we had talked about this last year. It was the first time that I honestly felt that a lot of the stories were getting the story that they were due. Yep. Because they had a chance to spread it out over two episodes so they could tell, you know, the first part, then the second part. This episode was the first time in a while that I felt that was missing. Yep. Because once they discovered what was going on and they realized that people were starting to wake up because there wasn't a colony ship coming. The colony ship was already there and people were cryogenically frozen and now they're starting to wake up. Um, Well, the ship is waking them up. Once they activated, they accessed a a, a lower deck hatch area. Yep. And when they went down there, that's when the ship started activating uh, everybody and waking them up. Yeah. Yeah, basically saying, oh, the people have come down here for you, so it must be time to wake up. That felt like it could have been the start of the second episode. Yes, I agree, actually, now that I'm hearing you say this. Yeah, because it really felt kind of shoehorned and forced. You know, suddenly these people, it it was like in the last 10 minutes, they suddenly awoke up and then realized that there was trouble and grabbed guns and decided to go kill the robots. They very quickly armed themselves to go battle the robots without really hearing hearing what happened. Yes. And then even the, the doctor's solution was these robots used to be robots, but now they become sentient. So they're basically a whole new species. This yep. is their planet. They built it. They built the houses. You're going these to houses have are to made of them. Yeah. You're going to have to work with them. They're in charge. Um, it should have been a big, grandiose thing. You know, he was talking about like, let me be the one to, uh, broker a deal. You know, we could talk about rent. Yep. Ha ha ha. It felt like that could have really been a second episode and really yep. stretched and out the whole, this is a whole new species kind of thing, but they just it, it, shrunk it right in. But what he did was he wiped their memories. Yes. He wiped the memories of the robots. So that way, when they woke up, they didn't know who the humans were or that they had served them in the past or anything. And the humans were like, well, no, these are our robots. They do what we say. And the doctor's like, no, no, they're their own people now. Yep. And uh, they're the ones that have shelter. So you're going to have to deal with them and, and play nice and work together. Right. Yeah. So Still a once good again, Doctor Who treating up, you know, teaching us a, a moral lesson. Yep. Yeah, he's very good at that. About respecting others. Absolutely. Different cultures, different beliefs. Good episode. Yep, it was good. Uh, I really would have liked to have seen it as a two-parter, but since we got what we got, I still enjoyed it. I believe the next set of episodes is a two-parter. Excellent. I believe they are. I'm not 100%, but I'm pretty sure when I was looking last night um, that that it is. Okay. Well, that'll be good. Yeah. Uh, I only have one more show to talk about, Blacklist. Yes. Uh, Two episodes, and I thought they both went by extremely fast. Yeah, you think? You know, the first episode was essentially Demby trying to find out who poisoned Red, because although he delivered the poison, it was placed in his hands first to deliver. Right. And he knew that he had to find proof because Red wasn't going to believe him otherwise. Yep. Meanwhile, and, the know, team is, is trying to track down Dembe, thinking yep. you're the one who did this. We need to stop yep. you. I mean, he even he even kidnapped Aram or abducted Aram, who's incidentally seeing his ex-girlfriend, the one that was a spy. Okay. When she climbed into the shower, did you pause and think, did I miss an episode here? 
Yes, that's immediately what I did. I went and checked to see, all right, hold on. Nope, this is the episode. Yeah, all did right. I miss an episode or is this a flashback from months ago? And then it's just like we're all supposed to accept the fact that he was just like, oh, yeah, and by the way, this girl who well, lied to me and ruined my life, we just got back together. Well, they also did say at one point, like when they were talking about Demby after he came and took her on, Harold and – and uh, Red, we're talking about the fact that it's been a month or better. Right, you know, right. It's been over a month that you've been looking for him and you haven't found him yet. So it's almost like the time that we were watching Blacklist Redemption, Blacklist was just going business as usual except Red looking for Demby without any luck. Right. Yep. So um, – but yeah, so um, once Aram finds out that Demby's trying to find proof of who did this and he's not out to – he didn't try to kill Red or do anything. He then helps him willingly. Yep. And uh, Aram, well, Demby finds out who it was and goes looking for her. And that was the end of the episode, essentially. Um, nope. Sorry. Because I was trying. I watched them back to back. The guy blew the cabin up at the end of that episode, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, well, all right. That's after, you know, Dembe heard the name that Aram yes. came up with and like freaked out and then told Red the name. And he's like, no, that's impossible. Yes. Because it's his, it's his cleaner. Yep. And then Red finally discovered she's not dead and she's the one that tried to kill him. Yep. And then, like you said, that guy that nursed her back to health, he knew he wasn't yep. getting out of it. She had told him they will kill you to get to me. So yep. he set his cabin to blow up, hoping it yep. would take them with him. It didn't, but nope. Demby did take an arrow through the leg and yep. lost quite a bit of blood. And Now he's in the hospital. I was in the hospital, and that was essentially the end of the, the first episode. And it was a great episode. I really it liked it. it. It was a good return to the blacklist yes. after the blacklist redemption. I, I really did love how Demby was basically immediately exonerated because I really enjoyed <laughs> his character and couldn't imagine that he did you know that. Same here. And this is exactly like you were talking about with Doctor Who, like a two-part episode where one bleeds right into the other. That's exactly what we got with the Blacklist. And boy, didn't we get it. Oh, my goodness. This was one of my favorite episodes ever. Yes. So much backstory. Even a great title, Requiem. I was like, ooh, what are we going to get here? And it did not disappoint. Holy Jesus. Essentially, it started out, I don't know, was it like the 60s or whatever it was, maybe even earlier. But it's Kate, the cleaner, as a kid, looking at her mom's dead body and basically her dad saying, well, that's not her anymore. She's not her, you know – you know, basically kind of being harsh with her, but making her realize this is what this is. This is life. This is what happens. Yep. And we follow Kate's story as she gets older and grows up and, you know, goes on to medical school and then drops out of medical school and and on and on and on and so forth. And she wants to work with kids and she ends up being Elizabeth's nanny. Yeah. The first time that the woman was like, you know, you will take care of Masha. I'm like, I, I was like, this woman looks familiar. And then she said, you'll take care of Masha. I'm like, holy God. That's, Ooh, that's, that's the girl from the picture. Yeah. yeah. That's Elizabeth's mom. We've seen her yeah. in flashbacks. And yeah. and essentially that's, that's, that's why Kate is in there. That's why Kate's involved because Kate is emotionally loves Elizabeth. That's why she did what she did when she helped her try to hide out from Red. 
Yeah, when we eventually get All there. That's explained. It's it was fantastic. Yeah, when she eventually gets to that point, you know, when we progress far enough, it's towards the end of the episode, but she says that to Red. Like we actually get brought back to the first episode of Blacklist with him sitting in the car uh ready yes. to go into the FBI and turn himself in. And he's saying that he needs to protect Elizabeth because forces are now going to start circling around her. And Kate says, I am only doing this for her. If at any point I ever think that you do not have her best interest at heart, I will stop you myself. And Red says, I want, I'd want you to. Yep. And that's what she did. She sure did. That's exactly what she did. But man, it's a great episode. Seeing her story, like, you need to go out of your way to watch it because it's a great story. Especially if you're a fan of the blacklist, you haven't seen it yet. You need to go out of the way to watch it because it's a good story. You know, we get to see Sam, how Marsh, how Elizabeth ended up with Sam, right? Yep. Yeah. How he ended up with Sam, how Kate started working for Red, you know, everything. Where she got her name. Yes. Where she got her name. What was it? How- I keep one. It's like Mr. Kensington or something like that. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's fan. It's pretty damn fantastic. The way I said it to my sister was basically we got an episode that nobody knew they wanted. Nobody asked for it. Didn't right. even need to be there. If they had never put this episode on there, we wouldn't have missed out on any of the story. It was already a right. really solid show, yep. but this was like, this was that free dessert that they bring you. And it's yes. the most amazing dessert ever. And they're just like, hey, we just wanted you to have this because. And you go, holy crap, I didn't even realize that I would have wanted this, but this is friggin' amazing. But essentially, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. And at the end of the episode, basically, Red's biggest nemesis now is Kate. Yes, because as we're watching all these flashbacks and everything, in the present time, we're seeing her go to different places. Like she ends up in a hotel and she wanted room eight. And there's a drugged out couple in room eight that are like abusive and beating on each other. And uh, so she takes room seven and basically engineers so that the guy disappears and then the girl disappears so that she can take over room eight. She rips apart one of the walls and just leaves it. You know, the maid comes in, the wall's been ripped apart. They're like, oh, that's weird. We we see later on, she's been talking to a guy who's driving a Zamboni and talking about, oh, yeah, things are going to be ready for you. Don't worry. She essentially tells Reddington, I know where all the bodies have been buried. I know where they all were buried. She yep. dug up all the bodies that she had never fully dissolved, etc. She's been keeping um, essentially a insurance policy. Yep. And now they're all laid out in that ice rink. All of his sins are going to come back. And holy crap, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, no, it's, it's, yeah, it is. It's, it's very, very awesome because she seems like a very formidable opponent for him. <laughs> yeah. Cause he's basically like, no, no, my, I'm set up so that there's no way you can get to me. Da, 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 da. I've worked my whole life for this. And she's like, yeah, and I've been right by you the whole time. And I know where you buried all your bodies. And as you're cleaner, yeah, like you said, I know where all the bodies were buried. <laughs> yep. So, and apparently has elaborate notes on each and every one of them on how what happened and everything. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm very excited to see next week and where it goes. Yeah. Holy God. It's yeah. going to be good. Mm-hmm. You got anything else? I watched two movies this week. Oh, all right. What'd you watch? Uh, the first one that I watched was Warcraft. 
That How was, was the, it? The big budget video game based movie. It was good. The beginning okay. was better than the end. Like in the beginning, uh, you know, background for everybody. I've played Warcraft since the original game, you know, Warcraft Humans and Orcs, uh, Warcraft 2, Warcraft 3, and then World of Warcraft. I played for many years with a guild, made friends, blah, blah, blah. So to see these characters and go, oh, I know that guy. Oh, I know that guy. It was cool. It was okay. a really, you know, jacked up thing. Um, Kind of a kid nostalgia thing. Pretty much, yeah. Um, it was loosely based on the first game, the uh, Humans versus Orcs. And it was good. It was a lot of CG. Obviously, they had to. Well, yeah. The orcs. orcs are enormous, and, you know, they had griffins and stuff. Um, I found, though, that by the end of the movie, I was like, can we hurry up and get this over with? Oof. It was. It had bored me by that point. And not just because I kind of already knew where the story was going, but more that it there were not a lot of good transitions. There were a lot of points where one scene would end and another one would begin, and you're like, you could tell that they had edited out a lot of stuff, that they had left a lot on the yeah. chopping room floor, which is too bad, but... It was very obvious, and it was very obvious that there were scenes missing. You know, things would happen, and you're like, well, wait, how do they explain this? Um, but it did do yeah. a good job of setting up other movies in the series if they decide to. I don't know. If you're a fan of the Warcraft games and such, I would recommend it for that joy of being able to see your characters on screen. If you never saw the – if you never played the games, you never really cared about it, you probably wouldn't enjoy this very much. It's – it's high fantasy, but it is definitely no Lord of the Rings. It's very choppy in places, and you're not going to get a lot out of it that, like you would with, say, a Lord of the Rings kind of movie. So, yeah, it, for some people okay. I recommend it, for a lot of people I don't. All right, what was the other movie? Uh, the other one was The Night Before. I don't know if you remember this preview. I happened to see that it was on uh, Amazon Stars because I was like, wait, I have a Stars thing. I should go look through that. Um, <clears throat> this is the one with Seth Rogen and Anthony Mackie and, oh, God, what's his name there? Damn it. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. There we go. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Okay, yeah, I've seen this movie. Yes. It's uh, the night before Christmas tradition thing. Yes. Yeah, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's okay. parents yep. died in 2002, and his friends were like, we're going to make sure that you never have a bad Christmas again. Um, and now this is like years later, the other friends have decided, eh, we're done hauling his ass around. Let's just end the tradition with one big blowout. They've been trying to get to the one party that's eluded them for years, and now he finally has tickets for it. Um there were some funny parts. I felt that, and I think back in the day when you had seen this, you talked about this, and I agree with you. Seth Rogen's drug use was way over the top. Like, he was a clown, basically. You know, everything that he did for drugs, they really overly exaggerated it. They had him going out of his mind and, and blitzed and screaming and hollering and freaking out. and It was just too much. No human being is going to go that mental on some drugs. Yeah, I know what you mean. It was a bit of a, a stretch. And, and of course, you know, each one of them has their own demons that they're dealing with. Anthony Mackie is, you know, super popular because he's a football star. But, you know, they point out that he's 34 and he's just becoming a star and most professional athletes are retiring at this age. And, you know, secretly he's been doing steroids, so he's got to deal with that. And it... 
it had some funny parts. It felt like they were going for more heart than anything, though. There was a lot of heart in this movie or attempted heart. Um, it wasn't bad. I enjoyed it. I probably wouldn't watch it again right off. Maybe around Christmas time, I might say, oh, yeah, that was a Christmas movie that I kind of enjoyed. Um, yeah, but it was not the worst thing I've yeah. ever seen, but it definitely wasn't like uh, like the first time I watched Superbad, for instance. Oh, gosh, no, because Superbad is actually hilarious. Yes, yes. And I was expecting something like that, but knowing that I probably wouldn't get something like that. And in that respect, I was right. Right. So, yeah. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. Other than that, the only thing I have for this week were a couple of trailers. Uh, I saw a new trailer for the new Alien flick. Yeah, it's like a thirty-second spot, and uh, it definitely—I think—it makes it look better than the first two. And uh, yeah, the first. Are you saying the first two movies is in Alien and Aliens? No, no, no. As in the. Oh, I was going to come through this microphone. No, 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 no. This trailer looks better than the other released Alien trailers. Okay, okay. Whew. Yes, yes. Sorry. Ooh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Man, <laughs> got my heart racing. No, no, there. no, 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 no. It looks better than the than previous released Alien trailers. Yes. That's and, what I meant by that. And I know this is a very low bar, but it looks better than Prometheus. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's... Because I consider Prometheus garbage. I'm, oh, okay. I'm saying it. Anybody can argue with me all they want, but I consider Prometheus garbage. Um, um, well, see, the only thing I, the only reason why I don't call it garbage is because essentially the end of Prometheus is the very first time we get the that version of the alien. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of does tie it all together. But yeah, I see where you, I, I see what you're saying. It's definitely not my favorite. There was a lot wrong with it, and I felt yep. that it made a lot of promises that it couldn't cash. So, <clears throat> but that's me. You know, we're we we're not here to debate Prometheus right now. You're no. right; the trailer does look good. Um, I'm looking yep. forward to it. Um, what was the other trailer you saw? Um, I saw four of them actually. All right, one of them was the one that you had suggested, the Hitman's Bodyguard. What'd you think of that? Holy Jesus, I cannot wait. I can't believe they put the song in there. As soon as I heard the first notes of the song, I went, yeah, I'm sold. (laughs) And from that moment on, it was all just gravy. I mean, that movie, like he actually says about Samuel L. Jackson, that man has ruined the word motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) And it's so true. It's so, oh my God, it looks like it's going to be such a good movie. I don't care what the critics say. I'm going to see this movie because yeah, it does look pretty, pretty awesome. Yes, absolutely. Holy shit. Um, there was also, they released a preview and it kind of was a stealth release. Like I didn't see a lot of fanfare build up for it, but they released the first trailer for Krypton. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah. Th- this is of course, sci-fi's attempt to tell the story of Superman's grandfather back yes. in the day. I mean, I'd heard about it. I think we discussed how it, it seems kind of dumb. Um, the the trailer actually makes it look pretty good. Although I will say that, like okay. the back half of the trailer features a lot of stuff like, um, you know, gratuitous sex and such. And it's going to be a sci-fi show, so there's not going to be anything really shown. But right. um, you know, it starts off with him narrating to his grandson, Kal El. Um, it looks pretty good, though. The tech looks pretty sharp. Um, they could do a good job of telling some of these stories. 
I'm definitely going to check it out based on the trailer. Like just based on the description of it, I was not sold. The trailer made me think, yeah, I will check this out and see how it looks. It it looks like a fairly decent sci-fi show. Hmm. Well, I guess I'll definitely have to check the trailer out. Conversely, I saw the trailer for Freeform's new Marvel adaptation of Cloak and Dagger. That's one thing I'm not even going to bother to check out. First off, changing your name to Freeform from ABC Family does nothing for you. You're still garbage. You're still the Pretty Little Liars channel. Okay? Yep. You're still the channel that can't even get away with what sci-fi can get away with, which is very little. And Cloak and Dagger are a very obscure comic book duo, but this preview didn't even give you the impression. Like, if they hadn't put the Marvel logo at the beginning, you would have zero impression that this was a superhero show. Oh, absolutely. Oh, God, was this garbage. I mean, hot, steaming garbage. It made me want to watch the show even less than I did before. Yeah, I, I you know, currently I didn't have any interest in watching, really, based yep. on the trailer. But now... You've really driven the point home. Oh, dude, it was so <laughs> bad. It's just, it looks like a teenage romance drama thing again. And they're supposed to be superheroes. They're supposed to have problems with their powers and stuff like that. Nope. Nope. We get to see very briefly, like at one point she's holding like a white crystal shard. Is that supposed to be her dagger? Is that what she, no, no, who knows? You know, and at one point he pulls on what looks to be a cloak. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's just a hoodie with loose Sleeves. I don't know. So, yeah, big pass on that one. And uh, moving along, though, the last trailer that I saw that I yes. I think you should definitely check out is called The Little Hours. Uh-huh. And it's got Allison Brie and Kate McCucci in it. And apparently it's telling the story of some of the worst, most rude, vile, grotesque nuns in the world. Like nuns who like to have sex with altar boys and swear up a storm and scream and holler. Um, it looks really funny. You know, mm. there, there's, uh, Fred Armisen is playing a priest who is, uh, jotting down. He's talking to them, like narrating part of it where he's saying that he's, these are all the sins that he's had to record for these people. And at one point he's like eating blood. Do you think in my life I've ever had to write the phrase eating blood? <laughs> but no, I have to here. It's, it's a Sundance film. And just based on the fact that it was Kate McCucci and Allison Brie both promoting it, I was like, Oh, well, I got to check this out. The trailer's pretty solid. You should check it out. I think it's going to be a fun film. I don't know when we'll ever see it because it is a Sundance thing and it looks really yep. independent. Probably a direct to Netflix type thing. Oh, if that. A lot of them end up there. But yeah, you should check that one out. I think it'd be up your alley. Cool. Um, the only one I had on here, I guess, was that uh, uh, Kingsman. Did you watch that? Yes, I did. Um so I'm not going to give away a lot. Just go watch the trailer. It looks awesome. <laughs> it does. It's the first time I've ever seen like a thing where like, you know, from the producers of or from the director of, you know, when they talk about some other hit movie they did, it actually says like from the director of Kingsman, the Secret Service, it's from, you know, whatever the guy's name is, it's him That's directing wrong. this movie. Like, I thought that was funny. Yes. Yep. <laughs> And you're right, you know, you definitely need to watch the trailer. Um, we could throw out things like the words robot fist 
or, you know, um, surprise or stuff like that. But really watch the trailer. It doesn't give a lot away. Like for a minute and 40 nope. second trailer, it does not give a lot away. Um, it really doesn't. But dude, I must have watched that first movie a dozen or more times. Uh, several of them in the theater. It was the scene so, in the church. Yes. Absolutely insane. One of the best choreographed absolutely fight scenes I've insane. ever seen. Like Daredevil had some amazingly choreographed fight scenes. That church yep. blows it away. That was phenomenal. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, that was fantastic. And it had a good soundtrack. It was Oh, Freebird. Yeah. It, it you was, know, the, the, the uh, solo was, guitar, the, the heavy solo guitar in Freebird is that whole, you know, the extended version because they yep. kept looping it is that whole fight scene. I mean, it's awesome. Yep. The whole thing was very cutting edge. It was a spy <laughs> movie that was beyond what you expected for spy movies. You know, when you, if you gave somebody the premise like, oh, it's a teenage boy who gets recruited into a spy agency, you're immediately going to think like spy kids or you're going to think, you know, Agent Cody Banks or something stupid like that. This was not that. This was so heavily British that it was painful and I loved every second of it. I mean, yes, I know there's some criticisms like Sam Jackson's weird speech impediment that he insisted on that, you know, seemed to come and go as he pleased. Like sometimes yep. it was there, sometimes it wasn't. But I mean, even the ridiculousness of like him throwing a, a party and only Colin Firth showing up and then dining on McDonald's. It was ridiculous, but so well done. I, that movie is one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, I can see why. Uh, and I'm definitely looking forward to the sequel. Absolutely. I think the sequel is looking pretty, uh, pretty, pretty damn fantastic. And this is another movie where if I don't see another trailer, I am fine with that. Yep. Yeah. I honestly, I don't need to see anything else for this movie myself. Yep. Um, it just sounded good from the get go that they're making it. So. Absolutely. I'm trying to think. I guess that's everything for me. I think that's everything for me, too. Cool, cool. Well, <laughs> I... Go ahead. I was going to say it's a light week this week because now everything's yeah. coming back. Yes, this week will be a heavy week once we sit down and record again, I believe. Holy God. Yeah. I mean, just just yesterday alone was the new episode of Gotham, Supergirl, uh, the finale of APB. Flash is back this week. Arrow's back this yep. week. We'll have lots to complain about there. I'm Supergirl. Sure. Is Supergirl back this week or next? Yes, it was. Yeah, it was on yeah. last night. Yeah. Uh, did you say Gotham already? Yep. And that means that must mean Lucifer's back. No, next week. Oh, next week. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, so we've got plenty of shows this week coming back, so we'll have plenty to talk about next week. Absolutely. Cool. Well, um, I guess thanks for listening. Yes, we appreciate Drop it. us a line on those on those social medias. Uh, we got the Facebook page. What did you watch this week? We got the Twitter uh, at uh, and, and I got a Twitter. I'm at Superstar Mel, and I'm at the Quantum Geek G33K. And oh, and the show is uh, at What Did You Watch? And uh, I, I guess that's uh, I guess that's everything. Thanks. Sounds like a podcast. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you later. 